welcome back to another episode of the Maneater Digest. I'm your host this week, Blaze Fields, and we are back after a small Thanksgiving hiatus and excited to catch you up on some of the big stories around Colombia. We'll start off by talking to news editor Namratha Prasad. Namratha, thanks for being here. Can you give us a recap on what big news stories happened while students were at home for break? All right, yeah. So Thanksgiving break, everyone was at home, but um, actually on campus, there uh, was a lot of COVID cases, obviously, and it crossed the 450 mark in Boone County with three new deaths reported. And other than that, also, there was a big announcement uh, right before break, actually, where the Board of Curators decided that all staff on campus, including student employees, are required to be vaccinated by January, and they have to upload their vaccination status to MyZoo. In terms of COVID-19, how do you think the uptick in cases in Boone County will uh, affect students here? Um, I think that students are just going to have to be more careful in terms of um, just their overall health and well-being, um, especially, you know, wearing masks when they can and um, getting vaccinated. And so that will definitely be a huge help in making sure that these cases don't um, go much higher. Over break, were there any developments on the uh, gun violence downtown? Um, There were not any updates on the gun violence downtown. Outside of the, uh, the, the vaccination status for university employees, were there any other big university announcements slash uh, events that happened while we were away? Um, other than the vaccination um, status and also uh, the requirement that the Board of Curators came up with, um, there was no other news to report. Has there been any updates on Fiji after their removal from campus? Fraternity events have been back since early November, but the Fiji House remains to be suspended from their national organization. And last we heard about the freshman who was hospitalized, he was moved into critical condition as of October 29th, but we haven't heard anything since. All right. And are there any other big developments or takeaways we should know about? Um, Well, the state of Missouri is a red zone for COVID-19, and obviously the county's COVID cases have um, been going up and are um, pretty high despite vaccination. So just make sure that you are staying safe and um, yeah, happy finals month, I guess. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Now we will move on to athletics. I'm here with women's basketball beat writer, Brandon Haynes to discuss a strong start for the Mizzou women's basketball team. At the time of recording, the Tigers sit undefeated at 8-0. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. So, the Tigers had a very productive break. Can you give us a rundown of the major games and storylines? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So, Mizzou played four games last uh, last week uh, over Thanksgiving break, and they went 4-0. Uh, so, basically, the key storylines for, for the week last week is they played three 2020 NCAA tournament teams and defeated them all pretty soundly. You know, as we've both mentioned, the Tigers remain undefeated in the season. What do you think has been the biggest key to their success? Yeah, so I kind of mentioned it. I think it's their depth. And any one night, a a player can step up and really make an impact. And beginning the season, we didn't know who would be their number one and who would step out and really take this team to new heights. And honestly, throughout this early season, I wouldn't say there is one. I think that several players have had different impacts and have 
really made their mark on the team. Uh, Izzy Higginbottom's career performances in several games. Uh, Asia Blackwell has continued to be a presence. Uh, Lauren Hansen with her career career nights with the 34 points and even adding 16 the other night. Uh, players like Sarah Rose Smith has, have stepped up in opportunities, and they've kind of made the most of it. And Haley Frank's three-point shooting has been something that has carried the team as well this year. So there's a lot of depth on the team. Uh, every player can make an impact. And obviously, I know I'm missing somebody from that list because they all have stepped up in their own various ways, and they all bring a different style of play, which kind of benefits. Uh, Asia does a good thing, uh, a good job of like rebounding, and even though Mizzou ranks near the bottom of the SEC in rebounding, her rebounding uh, potential and her rebounding success kind of carries the team. And to add that, Haley Frank's three-point shooting kind of balances that out, so they they have a nasty attack with that kind of thing. As you touched on before, Izzy Higginbottom was named the SEC Freshman of the Week. What chance do you think she has to make the All-Freshman team? Uh, I think she has a very good chance to make the SEC All-Freshman team. I think going into the season, we didn't really know what we would get from our first-year players, and we knew that they had talent, but I don't think we knew that especially Izzy Higginbottom had this much talent. And so, and so I think early on, she's coming off the bench. She's kind of playing that six-man role. And she has excelled in it, obviously. She's led the team in points in two separate occasions. She's kind of carried the team just off the bench and kind of been a leader that the team didn't know they had. And so I think, obviously, it's a competitive uh, – the SEC is very competitive, and it's going to be tough to earn a spot on that team. But if she continues to play the way she is and being a leader off the bench, then I think there's no way that the committee and coaches can overlook that. All right, and we we've talked we've talked a lot about the uh, the the good for Mizzou, but what do you think are some areas of emphasis that they can improve on throughout the season? So, as good of three point shooting team they are, their defense on three point shooting is an area of great weakness. Um, against Columbia and Lehigh in the Christmas City Classic, they allowed the teams to shoot well over their average three point percentage, and throughout the season, that's been one area of weakness that they've shown that I kind of worries me as we get closer to an, a tougher non-conference schedule but also conference play uh, I think three-point shooting is an area where they excel at and it's kind of helped them offset the challenges they've had with the three-point defense but as far as their one of their biggest weaknesses it is that three-point defense and it's one thing that coach Pynchon has said over the offseason that she would want to focus on, and it's something I think the team still needs to focus on. All right, and uh, looking at the uh, Mizzou Tigers' uh, upcoming schedule, who do you think poses the uh, biggest challenge to their undefeated streak? So on Saturday night, this Saturday night, uh, tomorrow, as at the time of this recording, we will be playing against uh, number 5 Baylor. Uh, Baylor's fifth in the country, and they come in with only one loss against Maryland, and it was only by three points. So Baylor's definitely an impressive team. Uh, they're going to pose a great threat against Mizzou, and they're going to give them a challenge that they haven't faced yet this season. Uh, I think Mizzou has a chance to pull off the upset, but they're going to have to be on their A game and play some of their best basketball in Waco, Texas. Thank you, Brandon. Guest multimedia reporter Piper Mullins attended the Missouri Student Association's town hall on safety on campus. A brief warning to listeners, this audio package discusses sexual assault. If this subject negatively affects you, feel free to skip this part of the episode. 
On Wednesday evening, I attended the Missouri Student Association's town hall about safety on campus. The event started at 6 and ended at 8. Three administrators were in attendance. Bill Stackman, the Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs, Andy Hayes, who was there on behalf of the Title IX office, and Brian Weimer, the police chief of MUPD. The town hall was held in the wake of sexual assaults involving drugging on campus, shootings downtown, and the Fiji hazing incident that put a freshman in the hospital over fall semester. A concern that was brought to Chief Weimer was the lack of MU alerts for shootings downtown. In what ways are you um, currently communicating with students about different policies and decisions made by your department? Chief Weimer responded by saying that downtown is not MUPD's jurisdiction. MU alerts can't happen when MUPD doesn't have the information on the case. When there was a shooting near the rise in October, however, which is in their jurisdiction as a residence hall of MU, they could send an MU alert out. However, if there's crimes and things that are going on out in the community that's not part of our jurisdiction, we don't investigate them. A tenser moment was when Speaker Cargyle brought up perceived unequal treatment of men and women in Greek life. This was put in the context of when Greek life activity was halted after the Fiji hazing incident, but allowed to continue after reports of sexual assault. A lot of the administrators' responses put the burden of action on students. Dr. Hayes and Chief Weimer said that the Title IX office and MUPD have resources for students to use, but that students aren't using them. My name is Ali Vargas. I'm a junior here at Mizzou. I share their frustrations with student engagement as a student leader and someone involved on campus. I know engagement is hard, and I know we're all frustrated at the dead ends. And I I think students walked away with mixed emotions. The students in attendance were asking really tough questions of the administrators. The most common reason I found for students to attend the town hall was because of Title IX. Students wanted to know more about why the processes surrounding sexual assault are the way they are and expressed their frustration over the slow process of reporting and investigation in the face of high rates of assault on campus. To the administrator's credit, they shed a lot of light on internal processes, but their responses didn't fix the issues that students have. They simply illuminated them. Reporting for The Maneater, I'm Piper Mullins. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and check back next week for another episode of The Maneater Digest. This podcast was edited by Blaze Fields, Special Martha thanks to Prasad, Brandon Haynes, Piper Mullins, and Grace Burwell. I'm Blaze Fields. We'll see you next week.